from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. On this episode of Newt's World, I realized as a historian that we actually are in a real crisis of American civilization. There are bellwether signs all around us that lead me to believe that we're at a crossroads, a battle for the soul of America. Whether you're conservative or just a reasonable American, listening to this podcast today, I think you'll find some of the things that are going on in our country right now are just shocking. I have concerns about both the liberal agenda to take over America by inciting rioting, enacting policies and new laws, all with a left-wing agenda in mind. I am concerned about the United States' role in the world as a global superpower facing China and the Chinese Communist Party's goal to take over the world as the next superpower, challenging us at every turn. I hope you'll find this particular podcast alarming because I think you should be alarmed. I think we should all be alarmed. And I hope it'll provide context on how now more than ever We need to be activists to fight for the America we believe in and want to preserve. First, I want to start by talking about the aggression we are facing with China. Internationally, we face a surging China whose economic, scientific, and technological power is now fully competitive with the United States. On Thursday, April 1st, the Philippines said it discovered illegally built structures on features in the union banks, 
a series of reefs in the South China Sea, near where about 220 Chinese fishing vessels, believed to be manned by Chinese maritime militia personnel, were sighted for several weeks. Philippine Lieutenant General Cyrilita Sabahana said in a statement, quote, The laws of the sea gives the Philippines indisputable and exclusive rights over the area. These constructions and other activities, economic or otherwise, are prejudicial to peace, good order, and security of our territorial waters. These structures are illegal, close quote. Now understand, China has been steadily, methodically moving more and more into the South China Sea, an area through which much of the world's commercial shipping goes. And the fact is that you're now facing a deliberate effort by China to crowd all of its neighbors, to crowd the Philippines, to crowd Taiwan, to crowd Japan, to crowd Vietnam, crowd Indonesia. And they're doing it with a methodical campaign where they go and find reefs and then they will artificially build these up and they put airfields on them. They put docks and things for their Navy. They have developed and invented this fishing boats theory where none of the 220 Chinese fishing boats were actually fishing. There were reports that people had no activity that involved fishing. Why? Because this is the equivalent of a maritime national guard. And they have been doing this on the grounds that the West has no current strategy for dealing with 220 fishing boats. And so they rely on our goodwill, they rely on our caution, and they just keep coming. And they have been doing this now for at least 20 years. And the claim, if you look at where their maps show their territory, they're claiming virtually all the South China Sea, which we totally reject. We send ships through regularly just to prove that we can. But we have no serious strategy for dealing with what is a methodical, long-term campaign to take over the South China Sea. Then you have the whole issue of the Chinese concentration camps and the genocide against the Uyghurs. In March 2021, an independent report released by the New Lines Institute for Strategy and Policy, which is a think tank, stated that the Chinese government, quote, bears state responsibility for an ongoing genocide against the Uyghurs in breach of the UN Genocide Convention, close quote. I had a personal experience of the arrogance of the Chinese in this issue when I visited with the Chinese ambassador to the United States, and I said, how do you explain having concentration camps? And he looked at me, and without breaking a step, he said, you should really think of these more as though they're boarding schools, because we are trying to train the Uyghurs to earn a living in the modern world. This is all just a lie. And in fact, we have witnesses. We have witnesses who talk about women being raped. We have witnesses who talk about families being killed. If you actually look at the various photographs, it's very clear that the Uyghurs are being crowded over and over and over, and that there's a genuine effort to destroy their culture. The same thing, by the way, is also happening in Tibet, and the Chinese aggressiveness is showing itself south of Tibet along the border with India, where there have been occasional skirmishes and where the Chinese have made substantial investment in building roads and creating an environment where they could defeat the Indians if they had to. Now, this is not just about China by itself. We have to recognize that there's an authoritarian alliance that is growing. And the most recent example 
was on March 10th, 2021, Russia's Roscosmos and China's National Space Administration announced a preliminary agreement to jointly develop a research facility known as the International Lunar Research Station. In effect, the Chinese and the Russians have said that the station, quote, will be built on the lunar surface and or the lunar orbit and will carry out activities such as lunar exploration and utilization, lunar-based observation, basic scientific experiment, and technical verification. In a separate statement, Russia said that both countries, quote, will jointly develop a roadmap for the creation of the station and conduct close interaction in planning, justification, design, development, implementation, and operation of the project. So you now have not only a Chinese offensive, but you have the growth of a Chinese-Russian alliance, which is determined to outcompete us in space. The Chinese offensive really matters because they are the one peer competitor who could, in fact, replace us as the leading power in the world. And virtually everything we've been doing, from the collapse of our education system, where the teachers' union is China's greatest ally, to our failure to understand the strategies the Chinese are using again and again, and now with Biden appointing, for example, an ambassador to the Human Rights Commission whose opening speech was anti-American. We are doing everything we can to help the Chinese become the leading country in the world. And yet, I would argue that even more than China, the great threats we have are right here at home. And I'll begin by looking at the crisis in Minnesota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
here at home. We've had several days of looting and rioting in Minnesota, which, think about the framework. Based on what happened to George Floyd, there is a trial underway for murder in Minneapolis, proof that, in fact, the rule of law will prevail, that people will have their rights protected, and that when the police do have a problem, that's not going to be pushed under the rug. You you have policemen who are going to be tried for what happened to George Floyd. Even with all that proof that the system works and proof that when somebody is killed, we're going to dig into it, what happened in Minnesota just last week led to more riots, more looting. Dante Wright was pulled over on a routine traffic stop in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, on Sunday, April 11, 2021. In fact, what happened was the police noticed that his license plate was no longer valid. They checked on it. They discovered that he, in fact, had been out on bail because he was waiting to be tried for having used a gun to attempt to rob a woman. There were serious issues involving Dante Wright, almost none of which you'll hear about in the media. After a brief struggle with officers, Dante was shot by Officer Kim Potter, a 26-year police veteran. However, that's misleading. Fact is, Kim Potter is a very senior officer who had been forced back into the field with inadequate training because all of the cutting the police budgets and all the attacks on police, they're now short because people don't want to volunteer to become cops. I mean, why would you take the risk given the hostility and given what might happen to you? So she had not been thoroughly retrained, and she made a mistake. She pulled out her pistol instead of her taser. Dante actually, after being shot, drove off and hit a cement barrier. The police chief later submitted his resignation, but before that he said, quote, the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. She then resigned. And the day after that, the Washington County Attorney's Office formally charged police officer Kim Potter with second-degree manslaughter in the death of Dante Wright. If convicted, she could face a maximum of 10 years in jail, a $20,000 fine, or both. She was released on bail. But the rule of the mob breaking the law is now so great that she and her husband and her grown sons had to leave their home because somebody posted her address on social media and there was genuine fear for her life and the life of her family. Now, when you get to a point where even the police aren't protected, you know you're at the edge of a crisis of civilization. The fact is Mark Levin makes a strong argument that she should never have been charged, period, because all of the actions that led to the event were, in fact, the fault of Mr. Wright. He's the one who tried to rob a woman at gunpoint. He's the one who violated bail. He's the one who was driving a car. His license plate was no longer valid, and he's the one who resisted arrest. Now, several hours after the police officer fatally shot Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, looters targeted as many as 20 stores around the Shingle Creek Crossing shopping mall two miles away. And at the Brooklyn Center Police Headquarters, nearly 500 protesters faced off with officers. Now, I want to repeat this part. Several hours after the event, so it didn't take very long, the looters weren't protesting. The looters, in fact, are criminals. And we got to get back to honest language. These are criminals who are looting 20 stores. That's called theft. 
And in many cases, if they force the store to be closed, you end up in a situation where people in the neighborhood have fewer options at greater cost and their quality of life goes down. The looters targeted the Walmart as well as several businesses around the Walmart were completely destroyed, including a Foot Locker, T-Mobile, and a New York men's clothing store. Now, that has nothing to do with protest. we got to get past the news media pretending that violent criminals breaking into stores, looting them, destroying them, and in many cases putting them out of business, are somehow lovable protesters. The looting was widespread into the early morning, went from Brooklyn Center into Minneapolis, which, of course, was still suffering from damage last year, with reports that stores in Uptown and along Lake Street were also being looted. More than 60 people were arrested for riot and other criminal behavior, but I'd be very curious how many of those are still in jail because we currently have this process where, particularly like in New York, where there is no bail. You just walk in and walk out. There have been four consecutive nights of rioting in Brooklyn Center. And frankly, my personal view is you're not going to reestablish peace and security until the first night when you arrest them, they don't get to come back out. If that had been applied in Portland and everybody who's Antifa had found themselves with a year or more in jail, you would have seen Portland calm down in about two weeks. Instead, we've had over a year of violence in Portland, including this last week when they were burning down the ICE building and trying to burn down several other buildings. Again, let me put this in context. The mayor of Brooklyn Center mindlessly said in the middle of the rioting, quote, I don't believe that officers need to necessarily have weapons. You know, every time they're making a traffic stop or engaged in situations that don't necessarily call for weapons, close quote. First of all, it's pretty tricky to know in advance whether a situation requires a weapon. It takes somebody who's never been a policeman and never faced the real-life challenges to say something that's stupid. Second, we just had the experience on February 4th that a 39-year-old New Mexico police officer, Darian Jarrett, was shot and killed during a routine traffic stop when a man who had agreed to surrender his rifle instead opened fire. And I believe that when the police officer was on the ground, that the criminal went over and deliberately shot him in the head. Omar Felix Cueva, 39, had a long rap sheet, including in August 2011, he was sentenced for 10 years for a drug offense. It's unknown when he was released. So the very time that Mayor Mike Elliott of Brooklyn Center is opining that maybe policemen don't need weapons during traffic stops, we had just had the experience in New Mexico of a policeman being killed during a traffic stop. Now, part of the left's response to all this is, of course, that it's deliberate and systematic and methodical. And that's why Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who tweeted, quote, it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Now, if you want a good example of why I think we have a crisis of American civilization, it's Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. First of all, policing in our country is not inherently racist. And in fact, in more and more big cities, the police chief is black. So how do you explain the racist black police chief, as she would put it? Second, 
there is not government-funded murder. I mean, if you want to be a propagandist for the Chinese Communist Party, then you ought to resign as a congressman and go wandering around the world babbling things that are lies. But think about her solution. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. But just think for a minute what she's saying and assume that she's semi-rational. No more policing, not reduced policing, not rethought policing, no more policing. Well, I'll bet every criminal, every drug dealer, every would-be rapist, murderer, and armed robber would love her. No more incarceration. So we're going to release all the prisoners in the United States? How many murderers is that going to put on the street? How many armed robbers is that going to put on the street? How many rapists is that going to put on the street? For that matter, there has been an explosion of carjackings, often done by very young kids. So how much are we going to say, you know, kids will be kids after all. They have to have something to do, and it's not really their fault. And carjacking, as you know, not only involves stealing somebody's property, but can on occasion involve killing or seriously wounding the person. I was so fascinated by the ignorance of Rashida Tlaib that I looked at her congressional district thinking, maybe this is one of those wonderful enclaves where everybody lives behind secure walls with security guards and nobody has any danger. Well, she represents Michigan's 13th congressional district, which is Detroit. Now, in 2020, there were 375 homicides in Detroit, 275 homicides in 2019. There were 1,173 non-fatal shootings in 2020. That's up from 767 the previous year. That means that homicides were up by 19% over last year. And it means that non-fatal shootings were up 53%. Now, you have to sort of scratch your head and say, let me get this straight. The district that you represent, Congresswoman Tlaib, had a 19% increase in murders and a 53% increase in non-fatal shootings. And you think what we need to do to fix that is abolish the police and close the prisons? We double-checked. According to the Michigan Department of Corrections, in 2019, there were 38,000 prisoners in the Michigan prison system, of whom 28,759 were for, quote, assaultive offenses. So we checked, according to the Michigan Department of Attorney General, assaultive offenses include an element of assault, kidnapping, prisoner taking hostage, manslaughter, stalking, rape, armed robbery, unarmed robbery, carjacking, and terrorism. These are the people she wants to put back on the street. And in her state alone, not counting the federal prisons in the state, just in the Michigan Department of Corrections, Congresswoman Tlaib would put 28,000 people convicted of assaultive offenses back on the street. Apparently, she doesn't think the murder rate's going up fast enough. In fact, the murder rate nationally has gone up amazingly. In 2019, according to the FBI, 54.7% of the murder victims were African-American, 42.3% were white, and 3.1% were other races. In other words, the people most likely to be killed under Rashida Tlaib's model 
are African-Americans. In 2019, according to the FBI, 73.7% of murders are done with firearms. And by the way, the weapon of choice is not an assault weapon. The weapon of choice is a pistol. In 2020, there was an unprecedented spike in murders in all major U.S. cities. Seattle, a notoriously anti-police bastion of left-wing wokeism, had a 74.1% increase. New Orleans had a 61.7% increase. Atlanta had a 57.9% increase. Chicago had a 55.5% increase. Boston saw a 54.1% increase. And Portland saw a 51.5% increase. Now, this is innocent people being killed by criminals. And yet the answer from the Talibs of the left wing of the Democratic Party is let's eliminate the police and maybe then the criminals will become nice. We also have to recognize that this is becoming more and more political. Seattle, Portland, and Milwaukee now have no-go zones. This is something which began in France, where literally some of the areas that were Muslim-dominated became impossible for the police to go into. You'd have to actually send in the equivalent of army units just to fight your way into the zone. Well, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle covered six city blocks and was established on June 8, 2020. The zone was cleared out on July 1st. On June 18th, another autonomous zone was set up in Portland, named the Patrick Kimmons Autonomous Zone. It only lasted five hours before the police arrived. In Minneapolis, George Floyd Square was turned into an autonomous zone that has brought, quote, a record number of crimes to the area. And remember, in the case of Seattle, they literally had signs that said, you are leaving the United States. Now, I think it is a crisis of American civilization when we begin to get people so radical that they are in the process of literally saying, I'm not going to be in America anymore. I'm creating my own little tiny country, and I will enforce it by having thugs who will protect and block you from coming in if we don't like you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. The truth is, one of the greatest threats to America is the rise of woke chief executive officers, woke college professors, woke news media. Somebody said to me the other day, by the way, that woke stands for without knowledge or experience. And I think there's a lot to that. When more than 100 business leaders released a joint statement on April 2nd on the Georgia voting bill, they said, quote, we believe every American should have a voice in our democracy and that voting should be safe and accessible to all voters. We stand in solidarity with voters and with the black executives and leaders at the helm of this movement in our nonpartisan commitment to equality and democracy. If our government is going to work for all of us, each of us must have equal freedom to vote and elections must reflect the will of voters. They went on to say, our elections are not improved when lawmakers impose barriers that result in longer lines at the polls or that reduce access to secure ballot drop boxes. There are hundreds of bills threatening to make voting more difficult in dozens of states nationwide. We call on elected leaders in every state capitol and in Congress to work across the aisle and ensure that every eligible American has the freedom to easily cast their ballot and participate fully in our democracy. And the ad showed up in both the New York Times and the Washington Post. Here's the problem. H.R. 1, which is the Corrupt Politicians Act, does not do any of the things that these CEOs called for. 90% of the American people believe that only American citizens should be allowed to vote. 90%, 9 out of 10. Consistently, people believe that the voting rights belong to American citizens. But what H.R. 1 does is it makes it impossible to verify who you are. So it eliminates that at the very time that New York State is offering $15,000 to every illegal immigrant, and when you register to get the money, you're automatically registered to vote. President Joe Biden has lied consistently about the Georgia election reform bill, does none of the things that they have suggested, and to call it Jim Crow II is an insult to the people of Georgia. And in fact, the solution they found, which was to have Major League Baseball move the all-star game from Georgia to Colorado, like so many things that the woke left once, actually hurt African Americans. There are eight and a half times as many employees of black-owned businesses in Georgia as there are in Colorado. The Colorado law is actually more restrictive than the new Georgia law. Delaware, by the way, Biden's home state, is radically more restrictive. But the fix is in. The machine has decided. And so all of these gutless CEOs, people who basically are part of a crony capitalism, who suck up to the government and who are afraid to stand up to the government, this is about as bad as it can get. And of course, what makes it worse is that they're now using their corporate power, their economic power, to impose their political views, even though that's not why they were selected to be CEOs, and even though they've had no popular vote. And in the worst cases, 
the internet giants have decided to make a non-person out of a leader who got 75 million votes. Now think about the threat to democracy. Think about the threat to our entire civilization. Think about the arrogance and the hubris of people who happened to get rich by inventing something that became popular and decided that that wealth allowed them to define whether or not we could hear from the President of the United States. It is one of the most severe assaults on the concept of self-government that we have seen in American history and is a genuine crisis of American civilization. But remember, the media is part of all this. The staffs of both the New York Times and the Washington Post got the 2018 Pulitzer Prize in national reporting. According to the Pulitzer Prize website, they received it, quote, for deeply sourced, relentlessly reported coverage in the public interest that dramatically furthered the nation's understanding of Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election and its connections to the Trump campaign, the president-elect's transition team, and his eventual administration, close quote. And of course, the only problem with that paragraph is it's a total lie. We now know, based on the FBI finally having been told the truth, that nothing that Trump was doing was involved with the Russians, period. Did the Times and the Post give back the Pulitzers? Of course not. Did the Pulitzer Committee feel bad about having selected a bunch of liars? Of course not, because the fix was in. Now, as a further example of the alienation that we're beginning to see, much like the autonomous zones, there are now studies about reparations. There are several cities in the U.S. that are now offering some form of reparations or have approved a committee to look into it. In Evanston, Illinois, the city council voted 8 to 1 to distribute $400,000 to eligible black households. Each qualifying household would receive $25,000 for home repairs or a down payment on a property. Qualifying residents must have either lived in or been a direct descendant of a black person who lived in Evanston between 1919 and 1969 who suffered discrimination in housing. The one who voted against it supported reparations, but did not support the housing program they proposed and thought that residents should choose what they wanted. Now think about this. First of all, it's absolute total racism. What if you were a Native American whose tribe had lived in that area? How come you're not getting reparations? What if you were a Japanese who had been part of being discriminated against in World War II? The whole notion that we're going to go back and start getting people not to think of themselves as Americans, not to look towards building a better future, but to consciously divide us up. The last time we went through this cycle of idiocy was in the 1970s under Jimmy Carter. And at one point, every member of the San Francisco Fire Department turned out to have a Native American background because they'd figured out if you check Native American, you got a better deal. So they just all checked Native American. I mean, can you imagine the madness you start doing this across the country. And if Evanston only gives you 25000 what if Cicero decides to give you 30000 Now, should you then decide it wasn't your relative who lived in Evanston, it's actually a relative who lived in Cicero? I mean, this is the sort of mindless, not thought out, sort of pandering to whatever woke fantasy comes through. In Oakland, California, Mary Libby Schaff announced $500 payments sent monthly to 600 low-income families of color for 1.5 years, no strings attached. Well, look, I understand good old-fashioned machine politics. And if what Libby Schaff is saying is, look, you're loyal Democratic voters. I figured out a way to get you 500 bucks a month. I hope it makes you happy. Re-elect me. 
I kind of get that. That's Tammany Hall politics. We've been doing that in this country for over 200 years. But for the life of me, I can't figure out, you know, what is a low-income family of color? Does it mean Korean? Does it mean Latino? Does it mean Native American? And what if you're married to a non-person of color? You only get $250? This kind of stuff is going to tear the country apart when people begin to realize that it's real. Providence, Rhode Island Mayor Jorge Alorza signed an executive order to look into reparations. Well, look, if they want to hire me for a buck, I'll tell them how it works. You maximize people looking at their past. You maximize dividing them up. You maximize their focus on greed rather than effort and on getting money out of politicians rather than working. And if you do all of that, you then have a perfectly destructive reparations program guaranteed to screw up the whole country. And that's what the left is drifting towards. By the way, there's just one other example. The California State Board unanimously approved a model ethics studies curriculum on March 18th, which includes Unity Chance, which references Tezcatlipoca, the Aztec god who was the centerpiece of human sacrifice. Now, we've, of course, driven the Bible out. We've driven the Torah out. We can't possibly talk about God in the Western Christian sense. But we're going to have the kids in our largest state have unity chants to an Aztec god who was the centerpiece of killing people with obsidian knives. And it was estimated that at its peak, the priests of this particular religion could kill people with an obsidian knife. Well, they cut your heart out. That's what they use the knife for. And if you have any doubts about this, I recommend you see an extraordinary film called Apocalypto. The entire thing is filmed in Mayan. It's one of Mel Gibson's greatest films. He's not in it at all because it's all about Mayans. But when you see it and you look at the human sacrifice system, or if you visit Mexico or Guatemala and you go look at the temples and you say to yourself, at its peak, the priest could cut out human hearts at about the same rate as Auschwitz could kill people. It was a machine. And part of the challenge that kept permanent warfare was to go out and find enough sacrifices. Now, I believe what I've just described for you is madness. And I believe that we are right at the edge of losing our civilization to a group of people with whom you cannot talk because essentially they're crazy. So I hope you'll take this seriously. You'll find in my newsletters in coming weeks even more examples because every time you turn around, they give you more things you just can't quite believe anybody who liked America and anybody who had common sense could possibly be for. But they are. And that's why I think we really are faced with a crisis of American civilization. Thank you for listening today. You can read more about the crisis of American civilization we're currently facing on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.